You have entered the 13, a place where real stories about music, touring, and the beyond are told. Music does something to us. We all experience it in our own way. It can affect our senses, transport us through time, and release emotions. On this podcast, we will talk with people about the power of music and the beyond. What does the beyond mean? Let's find out together. Turn on your metronomes because this time is about to be tracked. What's up, everybody? Welcome to season two of The 13. I'm your host, Orion 13. Today we have Tommy bones to kick off the season he's a great old friend wonderful musician awesome producer and he's got a lot of knowledge about the houston music scene uh recording stuff lots of cool stories to talk about we get into it we have a great time uh i recorded this back in oh man i think this was like in august or something uh, i started recording right after i finished season one and um so some of these you'll hear us talk about certain dates and they've already passed. So my bad. Uh, I think in, you know, maybe in the future, I'll get better at recording, releasing, recording, releasing, recording, releasing. But, you know, life happens and we all got to do stuff. But anyway, without further ado, here's me and Tommy Bones having a great time. I hope you enjoy it. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 13. I'm Ryan 13. And today we have Tommy Bones, the oh, guitar right, shredder everybody. himself. What's up, brother? How are you doing, man? How you I'm been? Doing it's good, been a brother. long time. Yes, sir. It has been, man. Uh, probably too long. Was it been right. like 10, 10 years or something like that? At least a decade. Uh, I've Don't been in oil me. and gas. I've been in oil and gas for 10, yeah, 10 years. So, I, I mean, it's not like I meant to leave the mm-hmm. the rock community or whatever. It just kind of happened. And, and then, yeah. So, golly, it might be 11 years, man. The last well, the last it's show 2022, so yeah, yeah it might have been the last, closer. The last show I did with King's X, the last thing I did with King's X was just after our, our European tour or their European tour. I was, you know, roadie. Um, yeah, so that was what was that? It was 2011. And mm, yeah, I think it was, and then they had one, they had one more show I would or one more stretch I was in with them in America, and after that. I think that was it. And that you and me were hanging out. You came on. The yeah, tour, because right? I helped out uh, guitar teching on the the Houston show at yeah. the House of Blues. And they, right. they asked me to tour, go on tour. But my job, I just couldn't get away to do right. it. But uh, yeah, I, otherwise, I would have been on that tour with you. Yeah, so. I remember. I remember. I remember hanging out on the bus with you at Walmart. Was that in Katy? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was in Katy right up there off of I-10. Yeah, geez, Louise, where did the time go? I know it's been, uh, it, it's crazy. So Kids back grown and all that oh stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. Crazy. So what uh, what have you been up to lately? What's uh, what's what's your bag? I know you have the Tommy Bone stuff that you've been doing forever. Uh, every now and then, you've been in Crowmonger playing guitar and doing vocals with Old Hefe. Um, yeah. And well, what you know, what else you got going on? Uh, you know, I'm really getting into the whole music production recording aspect of it. I think that's my, my calling. I've taken several classes through Berkeley and, you know, other education courses and whatnot over the years. Cause I, I tried the YouTube thing yeah, and yeah, that was a rabbit hole that just went south. 
like really badly. So everything I tried that they recommended, it was like, okay, why isn't this working? This, you know. Yeah, I know. I have a YouTube channel. Everybody here, here's a link. You can go watch me eat hot peppers and be stupid and it's fun. But yeah, no, nobody watches that stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter how cool you are. It doesn't matter what you type in. Nobody watches. Right. Everybody's got some kind of opinion about you know why you need this piece of hardware and why it's so much better and you're never going to get pro results unless you use you know break the bank and all that yeah. kind of stuff and it's totally not true so yeah well <laughs> once yeah. i learned that my life's gotten a lot easier well good to that <laughs> right on man so uh the crowmonger stuff how did you end up doing that Cause I don't even, I mean, I've been out of, I've been out of the game, man. I'm just re-emerging sure. back into the system. But so how did you end up doing that? Cause I've been listening to some of the stuff you got a show coming up. It looks like a one-off, mm-hmm. but um, like, you know, I love that stuff. That's great. I can't believe I hadn't really, I, I had heard some of it, but I can't believe I didn't like listen to all of it before. Yeah, no, it, it's cool. Um, So I, I was working in Lake Charles, um, you know, I got, I was working uh, oil and gas for years. And then when in 15, when the market kind of dried up, I, you know, basically kind of gave up music and, and went on the road and got into aviation. So, and I still do that. Um, Okay, cool. I do military aircraft and civilian aircraft. And what do you do um, exactly? Or can you even tell me? We do the structural inspections. Oh, awesome. Non-destructive testing, which we utilize in oil and gas <laughs> that's right that's how, that's dude i totally remember because i was telling you on uh-huh. that tour bus yeah i think i'm gonna do this this nace thing and you were like you should get an ndt <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like okay well i, went, I did nace anyway but i remember right. looking into it and that's crazy dude inspectors yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we make the world go around safely it's safely so, that's correct yeah. so but yeah, so um, I, I went to Lake Charles and, you know, oh, well, actually, I first went out to New York and worked on the, the trade centers uh, for about eight months. And in Manhattan, I oh, had wow, my fill cool. of Manhattan, uh, you know. Um, Check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is cool for a little while. And then after a while, it's just like, yeah, this is a little much. How do ah, people look at all the like buildings. Right, right. Everybody's an asshole. well surprisingly you know i gotta give them credit because you know yes they are assholes initially fast yeah they're well initially they're assholes but i i can't blame them either because there's so many people you know in and out and all that stuff but once you actually get to know them and on a personal level um i didn't meet anybody that was an asshole honestly it was quite the contrary so i I, I that's like coming to that. houston then i guess you know yeah well you know where are you from <laughs> and they absolutely once i found out i was from texas they were just like like oh my god you're from texas wow this is awesome you know like what's it like you know this you know they were totally into it yeah that's awesome so but uh they were huge dallas cowboys fans and i was like ah well, well yeah, that's where y'all went wrong there it's just like uh you gotta be a texans fan Look, uh, I don't know. I gotta pick it up. Oh, you can't hardly. It's Andre Johnson beating that Finnegan dude's ass. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, God, that was what a great day. Yeah. What a great day in Houston Texans football. Mm-hmm. Andre Johnson. 
the he best was a, wide receiver we've ever had. And that I, dude, Cortland Finnegan, so. was like taking, talking shit, doing too much. And he just fucking whooped his ass. Sorry, <laughs> uh, Tennessee. But it was fucking awesome. It was. <laughs> so, yeah. I Houston, remember watching uh, it live. I was like, uh huh. I don't even know who's who who's on the Texans these days. Well, I, I don't either. I, I kind of stopped watching it after the whole kneeling thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it got it got too sports got political, and I was like, well, I'm yeah. not watching this for politics. I'm watching this to enjoy myself. So I I kind of quit watching too. Yeah, me me too. I mean, I could go on and on about that, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we will we will later. <laughs> after a couple more of these, you know, we, that's right. You know, you know what I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude that's me and tracy me tracy and uh jefe hung out for like two hours after we were done with our podcast we just right. we're sitting there fucking bullshitting and having a great time it was super i mean it's like oh my god i haven't seen you guys in so fucking long and it's like we never missed a beat it was like fucking yeah. awesome yeah well I mean, that's you know. a great thing about musicians you know it's always you can probably not see somebody for 15 20 years and probably get right back on and have plenty to talk about absolutely did you know that you are the season two opener i didn't tell you that before we started but no i did yeah. not what's when's the crowmonger show uh september 24th so this may is that bfe or where yeah yeah of course uh, we're bfe sure we, we i mean that. i love frank, frank yeah is like you know and we kind of stepped away and i wasn't really planning on doing any other crowmonger shows but uh you know, Frank kind of pulled on the heartstring a little bit and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I can't say no to him. He's just been so good to me over the years and loving the death. And of course, all, everybody else over there as well. So like Shane and, right. you know, they're just amazing people and they're, they've been good to me and my family and, you know, I just love them to death. So if I play anywhere in Houston, it's, it's always there. So Hell yeah, dude, that's especially awesome, a one-off, man. especially a one-off. Oh yeah. Man so but, uh, i mean when it what was it called before it was bfe i always say this and i always forget, forget about it forget so. about it yeah that's right and it was down yeah. the street or something right yeah it was down sixth street or something and like bear creek or something okay yeah i, I think, remember playing that place we played that place with deconstruct yeah. i get it was the bass player no it was the guitar player from God, I don't even remember. Sorry, guys. I know his name was Rob. Sorry, Rob. Uh, yeah, but there it was a great band. Yeah. Um, and then we, then it, you know, I think we played there with maybe Six Past Hell and some other people, and then it moved down, moved down to the next place. And I think we played there with Gunship Six Six Six. I think Razor Thirteen still had the chick singer then, or maybe oh. it was, maybe it was the dude singer. I don't know. Huh. But yeah, great place. Frank's awesome, and I haven't seen him in fucking fifteen years either yeah just go down there you need to get down there and say hi because he's he's usually there every weekend right i never go anywhere dude the pandemic happened and it kind of fucked my brain up so i just stayed right (laughs) (laughs) well that's yeah that's why i kind of got into this recording thing and it's been great because uh you know i've been working with a lot of different you know musicians and bands and you know they'll just send me stuff and now i just like I don't even have to really even go through the process of recording really because everybody's got home studios now so sure. they just track it themselves and yeah and then I just do the the mixing and make it sound good so pretty much like every other top end 
you know professional producer yeah. you know or mix engineer i guess you'd say um that's what they do so not that i'm professional you know on that level but uh you know uh, you strive to uh you know sure. get to those points i have the um what's it called the modern modern record that bible the bible that everybody has um mm. modern recordings whatever uh but mine's from 2000 i don't mine's 20 years old it's like the second edition or something right um but anyway i'm gonna say i'm gonna send you these audio files and you see if you could you actually already sound better than most of the guests because most of the guests use like their cell phone or just the laptop and it you know you hear the room i can actually hear you talking this is well fantastic. i'm glad to hear that because like i I wasn't sure because I can't hear it going through my headphones. Yeah. So I don't know really how I'm sounding. And yeah, you um, sound you sound good. I can hear the room a little bit, um, but it's not bad. Like yeah, I put a noise gate on it, and then okay, cool. And I don't have any acoustic treatments in here, so it's gonna be just extra. Yeah. It's not know, bad. No one's gonna notice except Burby. for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's what my buddy, uh, my buddy Brandon from Expanding Reality uh, Podcast. Oh, that brings up a awesome topic. Some of you may be hearing a lot about all the UFO talk lately. There is an awesome show that covers UFO, consciousness, psychedelics, and the beyond. Check out the link in the description below, Expanding Reality. There you can become an expansive insider and check out awesome bonus content. It is a great show. I love going to it. I love listening to it. I drive a whole lot for work, and it's a pretty fantastic show. I'm on the road quite a bit for my job, and, you know, like... I obsess like I I watch like ancient aliens like all oh, the yeah. you know those things and then you know Amazon Prime's got like a plethora yeah. of these crazy alien stories and you know shows and experiences and you know all that stuff and some of it you know obviously is you know hocus and all that stuff but uh, uh, yeah but I mean all, you, know, you know but a lot of it you know it's like what it's interesting and you you can't like statistics i mean it's just statistically impossible that we would be the only people in in this vast universe a hundred percent man look at look behind you right like it, like there's all the guys so if all the if there's more galaxies in the universe than there are grains of sand on the earth or something fucking retarded like that like yeah that, like there and that's if that if that is true if the statement is galaxies mm -hmm. then think about how galaxies right. <laughs> i mean like that's fucking insane uh, galaxies yeah. are so huge and anybody that says any differently is naive because right. i mean you i mean i i'm a big math people and a lot of people don't know that about me my dad was an algebra and chemistry teacher okay. you know growing up as a kid and a lot of what i do for work is math equations and things like that so i'm kind of like i always got a calculator close by um awesome. type thing <laughs> but when you start getting in and you know this for being an inspector that you know there's quality statistics and the you know how you can take a batch of something and then like if the first 10% of it is, you know, shows bad, then you keep checking it until you can figure out if that lot is, is rejectable or not, or, right. you know, garbage. Sure. Um, well, you take that same kind of concept and statistically it's impossible for 
us to be the only life civilization or intelligent life civilization in this vast galaxy of galaxies. Yeah, dude, for it's, real. It's insane. So I know I just, I think they're here. I think there's a lot of uh, probably things that are probably, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, you know, they're, they're probably keeping an eye out or they're oh, already yeah. been involved in and stuff. And, oh, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, they're just not showing themselves or, you know, we just are unaware of it. And maybe it's probably just for their own safety. Um, have, who knows? have you, have you, okay. The, have you ever read a book? I think it's called the Baba verse or listen to a book. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, do you listen to audible? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, on i'll send you uh i don't know if i still have your number or not but like either way i'll send you the baba first there's i think it's three books maybe four and it's about oh man it's big I, i'll sum it up it's about a guy who dies on earth uh they implant his consciousness into a machine and send it out into space and over time he replicates himself and makes multiple bobs and really? go, goes to multiple planets and multiple systems and then ends up finding other people who have done something similar and then there's wars start and but he also finds he finds planets with these intelligent like this intelligent life and he literally just watches over them like god and wow. he, he sees them sees things that they're doing and he intervenes and he becomes friends with one and he mm -hmm. like he makes little so he's a spaceship, right? Bob becomes the spaceship, but then he replicates himself and then he makes himself smaller into like little flying things and then eventually into things that look like the creatures that live on this habitable planet. And then he starts interacting with them. It's a fantastic <laughs> book and it's funny as shit. It's called the Baba verse. You know what I mean? Like, huh. so it's, it's funny, it's cool, but it's also like kind of eye opening. Like I would, if I found a civilization that was nowhere near where like maybe we were technologically or whatever i would i would hang out and watch and then maybe i would kind of start caring for this civilization and want to intervene and help out you know like you know what okay this, that well, dude's about to fall down this cliff i ought to help him <laughs> yeah well i don't think it's like so much i mean i believe most of civilization is pretty good i mean i served time in the marine corps went overseas right. and absolutely you know i saw the good and the bad of people and um, you know, even here in the United States, it's sometimes I, I, it's scarier being in the United States than it is was over there at times, you know, because just it's crazy nowadays. But yeah, I still is. believe that people are are good in nature, you know, and, um, you know, I think a lot of people are just frustrated and they don't know how to help. They don't know how to intervene. And if you had that information to know how to intervene or you know, all that kind of stuff, then obviously I think a lot more people would. Um, but sometimes, you know, you, you feel helpless or you get castrated for even speaking up nowadays right? Um, and having a, your own opinion, not going along oh, yeah. with the, uh, the rest of yeah. the clan. Or, You're not <laughs> allowed to have an opinion, dude. You're not right. allowed. And if, if it's not have... popular opinion, then, you know, you don't matter. So I, I, I saw this photo. I sent it to a, a good friend of mine, Andy, Andy Weems. He was in, um, He's in my wedding. Anyway, like I sent him this photo and it's us like hanging around this, this poster and it's just a marijuana leaf poster. We're like 17 years old. We're like, oh, weed, you know, or whatever, right. like being stupid kids. But in the sure. background, there was a Confederate flag. 
And I was, and I wrote him, oh. I said, dude, remember this day? I said, Oh, by the way, please don't cancel me for the Confederate flags. <laughs> Cause you know, that's canceled and I, you know, yeah. whatever it's like, you can't do, you can't do anything. I get it. I understand. But I also think it's some of it's ridiculous. Like people it just is. can't canceling. Did you hear about them trying to cancel Metallica? No, like there's a whole, one. there's a whole TikTok. There's a whole slew of young kids, young TikTokers that are, that have made up this narrative that, that Metallica are racist and Nazis and they have photos. How they to, formulate that? They have opinion. photos from the eighties to prove it where like, Wait, like because James, they played over in Russia or something. Or? No, that's what I thought too, <laughs> but no, it's because like James does this and they're like, Oh does like God. does like the thing and you know and you know how funny they are or whatever and they're just like joking it's the 80s when you could do things like this without having to so they're digging up all this old stuff and they're being like look at this photo that means he's racist that means he's a nazi yep the whole all of metallica yeah that's why they have uh kirk and uh and uh old rob in there in the band you know because they're racists oh yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> just but i mean I like i mean i I, I don't I don't get it anymore. I mean, it's 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 gone beyond. I feel like you know all this talk about like trying to eliminate racism and all that kind of stuff. I just feel like worse. I do. I think they're inadvertently making causing more racism, and it's it's beyond me. And I'm probably gonna get like be the most hated guy for saying that after you know this interview but i i really don't care either but care and i'm not a racist you. person i just me i like intelligent people i like it doesn't matter what color i mean i served in the marine corps my drill instructors were black i i mean there was every nationality that i was in my boot camp and yeah. you took the and and every one of them, and that was what was instilled in you. Nobody is white. Nobody's black. Nobody's yellow. Nobody's whatever. You're all green. That's yeah. that was their thing. Marine green. You know, if you want to be a marine, you're green. And there's no there's no room for racism in in this core. And I always took that to heart. But yeah, it didn't matter if what color you were if you were a piece of shit or you fucked up or you know whatever it was you were getting called out on it because you acted in accordingly and i right. think that i think too many people are hiding behind um certain certain things that are politicians are maybe saying to win votes right. or you know i don't know what what they're trying what their end goal is um but it, it's quite frankly kind of scary it's getting scarier it's getting yeah. scary like growing up as a kid i don't know maybe it's indoctrination or whatever but like I, the american dream i loved it i still love it i still love the idea of it sure. i hear i hear that song whatever that country song was you know uh, i'm proud to be an america oh, yeah. like yeah. i love that song i get goosebumps yeah. when i hear that song and mm -hmm. but that doesn't that's not how kids think now they're just like they hate everything they think they they think their life is i don't know like that all of this is just here this is just how it is it's not fought for they don't think about what it takes to maintain freedom they're just like mm -hmm. whatever here's my here's my phone here's you know whatever you guys are boring fuck you <laughs> like I, and that's the I, generation that's going to run the country 
Yeah, exactly. Hopefully I'm dead before that happens, but, uh, you know, <laughs> probably won't get that lucky, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was even just kind of a couple of days ago and I typically don't watch the news much anymore because it yeah, just gets my anxiety freaking a little yep. out of control. Yep. Me too. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. We fell asleep with the TV on and uh, woke up and, you know, one of the morning TV news networks was on and, woke up to them talking about how this the new generation is they're having problems with them quitting their jobs so they yeah. they won't give like a two weeks notice and they just quit you know because they don't want to work or they they think everything should be handed to them and yeah. they don't know what it's like to earn right. uh, a living and be responsible right. for that so i don't know and then i guess if we continue to bail these people out that don't know haven't figured that out in their point of life then i don't know there's just going to be constant bailouts and we'll just feel the fire yeah it's not good we're like literally all of our running out of time this meeting will end in 10 minutes upgrade now to save 50 percent. hey man uh that's weird yeah. let if this know. ends uh we're gonna i'm gonna send you another link uh Oh, let me just upgrade now. I just fucking upgraded. What the fuck are you talking about, mother? Oh. Okay. I'm not upgrading. I'm going to. Okay. This is my fault. Um, so what I did was <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start a new Zoom with the, the 13 podcast. That'll be great. But my right, regular Ryan 13 whatever zoom is the one that i pay for because i'm like what the uh, fuck are you talking about i fucking pay for unlimited bullshit and so <laughs> i'm going to send you another link real quick yeah no problem and uh i don't want to end this meeting motherfucker this is my bad i'm super unprepared today i promise it's, i'm not like this all the time it's all good bro <laughs> it's all good thank technical happens all the time I'm going to go take smoke a, cigarette quick i was going to say take a pee break smoke a cigarette and i'll send you a link and you come back when you're ready all right, brother. We're back. My lighting's changed a little bit. Uh, the position we were sitting in has changed a little bit. Uh, you know, things are different now. It's because, uh, you know, I have some technical issues. But now we're back. What were we talking about? America. Uh, I mean, aliens. Yeah. <laughs> aliens. Music. Yeah. Let's get back to aliens. I want to talk more about aliens. <laughs> the um. Did you see? So you okay? Well, okay, you were in the military. Thank you for your service. Do right. you what? What do you think about these TikTok or TikTok Tic Tac videos of the, you know, the fighter pilots? You know, the ones they've released. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Oh yeah, yeah, the little flying saucer like, pill thing or whatever. Yeah, and it's like fucking flying all over the place. It looks if they weren't going five hundred miles an hour, you know, you'd think that was just a fly on their camera or something. But it's, I mean, obviously. I I mean, I, I have no reason to doubt it. Um, I mean, especially when it comes from their their recorders and their aircraft. Right. I mean, right. I, you can't edit that and alter that. So um, yeah. So what is? But what is it? What do you think it is? It's either one of two things. It's either legitimate, like you know, UFO, or because I don't, I don't believe we have the technology to to produce that. At least nothing that we're aware of. And right. our fighter, if if it was something of ours i don't think our fighter pilots would be chasing it um yeah understood um but uh it's either uh you know something like that or um it's some kind of alien drone or something like that you know that, you know a little scout or who knows what it is 
the the drone so the drone thing has me freaked out because i i've heard this thing about russia and it may be just it's just like you know it's the propaganda stuff so like this could you know this could be bullshit propaganda from russia or from us or from whoever just to throw you off the trail right like a like project paperclip was about throwing everybody off the trail for everything you know that area 51 they're doing all this amazing crazy shit and then like when people started saying aliens they were like yeah no no yeah i mean oh yeah it is aliens <laughs> you know <laughs> like they're just like yeah go with that do that but now we have that we now we're seeing actual government you know military recorded videos of something and then the going back into the the russia thing they're saying like the russians have these drones that and if you watch a really badass high-powered drone i'm not even talking military just us having one that fucker goes and then goes straight up you know it can go this way and take a 90 degree turn like it's nothing so well, the, what if some of them hover and you know my job in the in the marine corps i worked on harriers okay so the harrier was a you know a jumbo jet that vertically took off yeah um and when i was in i, I would you know the pilots would always come back and they would do like these like kind of like training exercises with like you know like simulated dog fighting and what sure. and yeah they would do that with like f-18s and other aircraft from you know the navy or the air force or whatever and and um the pilots would come back and and i got to talking to one of the pilots and i was like hey you know how do how does the harrier hold up against you know like an f-18 or you know some of these more advanced fighter jets you know the harrier was kind of an old older aircraft and he was like honestly under ten thousand feet it'll destroy everything that it goes up against if under or above ten thousand feet we're just getting annihilated really <laughs> but what well, happens is so they have these um thrust you know they have a, a hot into or a, a hot thruster and a cold thruster on it and they they adjust you know like down to go up and then yeah you know, as they want to move forward you know they, it, it rotates yeah. like that right right exactly um but anyway, so like if they're going like this and then they'll do like some kind of, you know, uh, inverted loop or whatever, mm -hmm. well, they can take that thruster and adjust it. And as they've got a F-18 behind them, they can go down and the F-18 can't do the same thing and go past them and then they come up behind them and shoot them out. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it cool. is pretty wild what those older aircraft can do, but... You, know, you take that and that was something that was developed back in the probably 70s and sure you know we utilize we still utilize them today but i think the f-35 took over it but yeah. uh you know and you have a lot more advancements and and whatnot but you think about that kind of technology and what that aircraft could do from all the way back in you know when it, in its prime in the 80s and 90s yeah and now they're putting that same kind of you know technology of vertical takeoffs and and adjustments and all that kind of stuff um in drones which yeah. now you don't have to worry about the g's of what a human body can because the, the aircraft can hold handle a lot more g's than 
what the human body can so they don't have to worry about passing out and they can right you know the, the pilot behind it can just control it like a video game right so. yeah dude i remember when i can't even think of the name of the movie but i remember seeing that harrier in a movie when i was a kid and being like what the fuck because it just took right off you know and i was mm-hmm. like that is the coolest fucking thing i've ever seen or like would they come in and they'd land that way too right yeah well yeah. we land them on um air, uh, smaller carrier, aircraft yeah. carriers yeah that's so. crazy to me it's still crazy to me and the technology is so much older now like in the f-35 um that's the newest that's the newest yeah that's thing. the joint that, strike fighter that yeah that's developed. the newest one that we are aware of you know mm-hmm. so yeah like yeah and i've been watching that but like china has those too right I don't think China has them because okay. they're not necessarily an ally, but I know um, they have they've they sold have different... stuff like them. Right. They have their own versions of it and stuff, yeah. but the F-35 is being sold to some of our NATO allies. Um, okay. I think, I think Italy might have a couple and like Germany and, um, you know, uh, uh, Europe, you know, pretty much all those European countries, you know, I think okay. yeah, are getting a handful those. of them or whatever, but they're different like technology packages. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that the United States have is proprietary to the, you know, United States. So sure. they don't get the fancy stuff that we get. They don't get the Yukon XL. They get, right. they get the, the suburban. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> they were. Uh, well, cool. I mean, that's cool. That's awesome, dude. I love talking. And dude, this is so much fun. This is why uh, we were always good friends back in the day and still are. We just haven't seen each other in a thousand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. But like, we always got good stuff to talk about. So, okay. F-35. What between the F-15 and F-35 and why did it go from F-15, F-18? Did is there, Was there just always more and we just missed them because all of a sudden F-35 is just like, well, nope, this is the best one. Fuck all the rest of these or what? Well, no, I mean, I don't believe so, because you have the F-18, the F-14 Tomcat, which was, yeah. I mean, they don't even fly those. They're The only right. way you'll see one is like in a museum or something. Yeah. But, um, you know, the F-18 is has been utilized for shit several decades now. Um, and the Navy, uh, that's primarily the uh, Navy and the Marine Corps that utilize those. Right, and they keep upgrading them, you know, like different engine packages and avionics packages, and make them go farther. But um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't I don't know how how they formulate the the number, the number after the F, but it's it's like my phone. I have a Samsung Galaxy twenty, but before this, it was like ten, and they yeah. just they just jumped. Well, I have an iPhone, and I think they started off with the iPhone three. So what oh, happened really? to one? And, what happened to one and two? I, I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, you know, I think they did that too back in the day with like, there's man, I don't remember, but they had these like flip phones. Like Samsung had a flip phone, or it wasn't a flip phone. It was like the Matrix phone, like the slide, the one that slid up. Oh yeah, yeah, the little Matrixy thing. And uh, mm-hmm. I think they had weird numbers like that too. It's like, oh, it started. At, at three like, yeah where's yeah. one and two at right or like you those know, are the do- prototypes or something they're doing yeah. the star wars thing dude when star wars came out it started at episode what it was four right yeah because uh i think yeah. when they came out with that second series yeah um, that was one two and three right yeah and i remembered seeing that as a kid at v i was at 
super video in Katy, Texas on Highway 90, which is no longer there, hasn't been there for 20 years, third, well, a long time, showing my age there a little bit. And then, um, but I remember going and getting it because they had just, I think they just tried to remaster it or something like that, or they made the video better, but it was on VHS still. And I was looking at it. I said, dad, I'm not really good at Roman numerals, but I think that's a four. He goes, yeah, it's episode four. I was like, well, where's episode one, two, and three? And he didn't have an answer. No one had a fucking answer. And I remember being so perplexed by this. And then eventually, you know, they did those first three. Yeah. Well, like what? 20 years later whatever it was 25 years later or something i was i think i was like i think when the first one came out i think i was i was old enough to drink and katie mills mall had midnight ropaho i mean midnight rodeo in it and it was next door to the theater so you could go down in there get drunk and run to the theater and go watch your favorite movie and it made sense for a 21 year old like this is perfect and you go yeah. out there smoke cigarettes inside the mall and stuff man shit mm-hmm. you can't do anymore yeah man. okay It'll good old days <laughs> <laughs> so who you been recording you've been recording anybody cool or are you just recording local artists or what what kind of work you've been doing I've been working with a couple just close friends on some couple things. I'm working on the new Pump Jack album. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's um, good. Me and Thurber have been, you know, you know, like I'm working on their, their Pump Jack stuff. Um, he did a, I don't know if you remember a band called Thin Lizzy. Uh, yeah. I Yes. Yep. Yeah. A couple of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're, it was a great band. Um, yeah. but he did he's covering the song called johnny the fox okay it's jimmy shit. the weave and it's really really great um and he asked me to play guitar on it so i'm doing rhythm on it and uh yeah. do the lead at the end um hell yeah which uh yeah so it we're, we're we're it's pretty much done um we just he's got to retrack a couple of the rhythms um it, it, we had some issues with uh the original guitars that were tracked uh we we didn't like the uh the guitar tone on it and once we cleaned up the guitar tone then he realized that the performance was a little sloppy so um, we're back in and you know it's it's just been you know that's awesome (laughs) like i'm so so i'm i'm kind of getting to the point where i'm getting really like burnout on this song because it's been like six months of one song i'm just like come on dude i have i have a little uh well i anyway i have uh, i play on i play music with other musicians online i wouldn't call it a band but we, Mm -hmm. we do this stuff and yeah there's been this one song that we were working on for a minute, I've stopped working on it. I'm like, I was done. And I actually think the guy fixed the problem, but there was a, um, I'm going to say this nicely because the dude's my buddy. Uh, anyway, long story short, the original demo stuff they sent out, it's just a working thing, but they sent it out and the, they were like, yeah, it's in three, four. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And then it wasn't, it was in whatever the guitar player wanted it to be. <laughs> like oh. he, so his guitar, even though the even though the the beat was in three four or whatever, the guitar was just like it was it was very just it was random. And really, was so it yet, in time? No, oh, like you okay. like 
like he recorded it fucked up or something for sure like 100 percent. but i kept they were like when are you gonna send us back the bass lines i was like dude i don't know man and i kept thinking it was me i was like i don't know man maybe it's been me it's been too long i'm sorry dude like i i just can't you do this thing you know i started telling him like you do this thing and then all of a sudden it changes right in the middle of it and like that's it's it's not even i don't know man and then i started realizing i was like oh wait he's just fucked up (laughs) (laughs) and he re-recorded them and uh i haven't recorded my bass to it yet but we were working on it forever i was working on it forever and i was getting i wasn't getting burned out from listening to the song nine hundred and fifty thousand times but i was getting burned out because like i couldn't figure out why i was why i was fucked up i don't know why it took me so long but it was like oh it's cool it's not me it's him right. yeah it's always better when it's not you you know it's <laughs> like it wasn't me it was them you know but i but i don't know what i guess because they said three four it fucked me up in my mind when i started thinking about it i was like do i not know how to play to three four this is stupid i know razor 13 has songs in three four like i gotta fucking know you know and i just sat there messing around with it in my head a little bit too long and whatever but yeah i kind of get ear fatigue you know like when you listen to a snare drum forty-five thousand times and you just sit there and you keep tweaking it a little bit and a little bit oh you gotta walk away yeah and you walk away you come back yeah you You come back and you're like this sounds fine i do that all the time like i'll i'll be trying to like rush something and try to get something done and i was like yeah that sounds great and then i'll i'll go to bed and then i'll come back to do a final listen and i'm just like what the hell is that <laughs> it sounds like shit <laughs> i do that too i do that with the with the podcasts i do that with the youtube videos I, i'll be like all right this is great it's done we're putting it out and i put it out and i'm like fuck i shouldn't have put that out <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's too late now it's on the internet <laughs> I do that. I was like, "Hey, check this out. And tell me what you think, and then I'll I'll send it off, and then I'll come back and listen to it." And I was like, "Oh man, you know." Then I'm following up with the email. It sounds like shit. Don't tell me what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I lied. Yeah. I do not need to know. <laughs> right. It's like, please be silent. I already know it sucks. Uh... Yeah, but uh, we did this. We did this cover. Uh, Crowmonger did a cover of firewoman well firewoman yeah it's great yeah i haven't and, heard uh, that now i'm gonna have to go now I'm right you gotta now. listen to it i'm gonna go listen to it like i put so much pressure on myself about you know like this is like one of the most iconic songs and bob rock produced it and right all this stuff you know i'm like do all you remember name you remember uh this is sorry i don't i don't want you to finish the story but did you ever watch a year and a half in the life of metallica yes so like in that video he's like you want me to comment on this (laughs) yes in that that video he's like hey just do another do another yeah or something or fire woman and he does it (laughs) headfield does it in the booth he's like woman or whatever it is fire woman i don't know anyway but yeah Yeah. go ahead continue (laughs) no (laughs) But uh, yeah, they're uh, it, it it ended up being that uh, I think I had like a hundred and ten tracks on this song. Holy shit! <laughs> I mean, guitar. I mean, there was like, well, we we got you know who the band uh, Scattered Hamlet is. 
the name sounds familiar, but I'm they're a really to... good band out of West Virginia. They okay. they they played on like Knot Fest and okay, you know they, but they're like Southern you know Southern groove metal stuff. You know, really all too. the stuff that we like, you know. Yeah. Um, and we've we're pretty good friends with them, and so I reached out to Adam Jode, who's the singer for the band, and I was like, hey man, you want to like. Uh, work with me on this firewoman cover and he was like yes <laughs> <laughs> yes so he sends over his vocals and we did the dual vocal thing so hefe does yeah. part of it and he does part of it and they kind of back and forth and cool. um and then the of course the chorus comes in and we've got like i don't know like 30 vocal tracks you know like fire <laughs> it's just massive Dude, sounding that's awesome and uh the guitars are oh, shit i gotta like because i mean the 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 song is kind of interesting in in the fact that you know it doesn't sound like a very complicated song because it really isn't but when you start adding all the elements into it it gets really complicated okay yeah um, I so like the intro part you know it's got a clean guitar and i think their version they were using like a uh a vox ac 40 or ac 20 whatever it was you know yeah. with the deep chorus and all that kind yeah. of stuff um and then they stereoed it and all that stuff and and us you know the way i i approached that because i don't have a vox um to do that so I just picked a really cool kind of like tweed guitar, clean guitar tone. Sure. And then I started putting like some heavy chorus on it. And then of course you got to do your double tracks and all that kind of stuff. Of course. And I was like, well, it needs an acoustic in there. So let's throw in an acoustic and just kind of tuck it in underneath it and whatnot. And, and then there was a couple other uh, little weird things going on with it. And, but Okay, so that's that's twelve tracks just in itself on the intro. Right. Wow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> As you can see where I'm going with this, you know, do, it just yeah. keeps stacking it up and you do the same thing with their and then the like the solos. I mean, there's God, there are probably like five solos in this this song, you know. And a couple of the solos I'm doing like a couple of the leads and I wasn't playing the exact same thing. You know, because I was sure. just doing different takes, trying to figure out, like, you know, what do, do I want to keep it close to the original or just kind of want to do my own thing on it? And right. uh, <laughs> it ended up working out where, like, my own thing and the close to the original was kind of gelling a little bit. So, like, I tucked one of the solos underneath, put some, like, really heavy, like, effects on it, like reverbs and delays and whatnot, and I tucked yeah. it under the main solo and so you'll hear the solo going but then you'll hear like this like little weird other solo going on <laughs> in the background cool so it, it worked out really good but you awesome. know by the time you add up all the drums i mean drums alone will i mean probably took up 25 30 tracks yeah oh my god you know? i have questions i have questions about drums for you but we'll talk about that later so continue sure but so then i had to take 110 tracks and condense them down to basically where it makes sense okay. you know and you can yeah. manage it <laughs> and uh um it, it it was that was my first experience doing something with that large of a count of tracks and wow. uh it taught taught me like organization and <laughs> yeah. all that kind of stuff did you like and color the tracks i did i did i did, <laughs> I did. 
I know you even have like that many. <laughs> well, I got drum samples in too, so like the yeah. the snares triggering like two other snares at the same time, and I got to be able to tell like, okay, this is like the recorded snare, and then so this is like a a bright green, and then yeah. the the sample <laughs> is like with reverb is like a the you know green, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just yeah. whatever it was, but still green, but less green and then i mean i've got my notes down at the bottom of each track on the the daw and everything so um it, it, what, do you, what do you use logic oh, okay cool uh, i i use pro tools for a while and um i just like the the fact with logic it's it's easier to organize things and there's sure. a lot more a lot more kind of studio I don't know, like MIDI stuff, you know, within it. Yeah. So like, it's really just easy to like, find. like I'm big, like, so, you know, lamb of God, right. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's really doesn't take much room in the studio, but lamb of God has a song called redneck, which oh yeah, basically oh, made yeah. them famous. Right? right. Well, I was listening to it one day. And if you ever listen to the chorus of lamb of God, and you put some studio headphones in on it, you'll hear this like a droning kind of high pitch that goes, okay. it's tucked in and you don't catch it right away. But if you listen to it carefully, you'll hear this like, I, and I don't know if they use a keyboard or if it's like a guitar feedback, but it's something in that frequency range. And all you hear is like, kind of so you're talking about that's in redneck or is that an all it's in redneck in the yeah. chorus and it's just yeah. this like if you heard if i'm sure if you soloed it out it would be probably just like annoying as hell but I'm, right, it, I'm writing all over my billy sheen notes yeah it it's <laughs> little tricks like that fill in space and are really noticeable if you take them away but not so noticeable if you're just not paying attention to it because obviously yeah. i mean you're just sitting back and enjoying it like right. not paying attention but somebody like you or me who like i mean i went to school for audio engineering you know like it's uh, yeah stuff like that yeah. gets me but i've heard that song a bunch and i think i just listened to it and enjoyed it and never picked up on that now i'm like literally as soon as we're done that's the first thing i'm doing well no first thing i'm doing is firewoman with crowmonger cover sure but and then and then i gotta go check out the redneck song the uh this guy mike de leon uh, i say his name like that because i like to um he just went over to europe and did this um bay area thrashnel and uh randy from lamb of god came out and they did fight fire with fire and it was fucking if you watch the oh, YouTube, wow. it was fucking fantastic oh, i was they're... like i never knew i needed fight fire to with fire to be fucking heavier <laughs> than it was oh my god they they're such an amazing band probably one of my favorite bands um you know if not the, at least top five um yeah. and the things that they do is just pretty like interesting like they i didn't really care and i'll be honest i didn't care for the last album they came out with and i think that was the first album that chris um um the wasn't drummer on. yeah wasn't on it but uh the last one that he did with them was that uh, I forget the name of it. Um, it's got a weird kind of title to it, but it had like five twelve on it and yeah, embers uh, and yeah, embers. and they had a song uh, yeah, called Yeah, it was, it was a 
yeah. I mean, amazing album. That was probably the first time that I heard Randy utilize some cleaner vocals, and he yeah, did he a great on job that. on them. Yeah. yeah. And then he come in with this, like, and I, me as a producer and a songwriter, I love dynamics in a song. Absolutely. Like, I love where you get, like, these, like, really amazing changes, and it's, like, it could be kind of soft, and then all of a sudden it fucking hits really hard, and it's, like, rip your face off, and then it goes yeah. back to something kind of mellow and chill. It's, it's kind of like a movie, you know, where you're watching it, yeah. and it's, like, you get the, like, the tension built up before, like, somebody gets stabbed to death or <laughs> whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, th and that's what i tried to like you know build and i think a lot of bands kind of miss that aspect a little bit and one that was one of the things i really liked about razor 13 and the what y'all did with doug pennick and it, not that the fact that you guys were like you know utilizing that aggressive of dynamics but it was that you know those buildups and those that flow and you know the harmonies and how the harmonies kind of changed and all that stuff it was just a beautiful thing oh, and thanks, uh, dude, regardless if you're going real aggressive or just you know in any genre of music I and mean, it could be sure. r&b rap you know country uh, metal it, it doesn't matter i love it all and uh, yeah. i'm just a music fan yeah. and um it's like if you take those kind of hooks and you know those dynamics and you forget about that as you're writing a song you right. it people you're really just writing a song for yourself because people probably won't appreciate it as much as you do right <laughs> and yeah. i've learned that the hard way uh, i've been i've had my soul ripped out because like oh yeah this is the greatest thing i'm gonna be you know all this and then some guy that is writing a, a a review on my song and shit you know from revolver magazine or something is yeah. like yeah these guys probably better live they suck and, da, da, da. and i was like oh. and then i hit him up and i was pissed i was like hey dude why'd you write such a bad article i was like hey man if you don't want a, a bad review then don't i suggest write better songs oh, and shit. to me that to me that stuck and yeah. it was so heartbreaking, but at the same time, it was like, okay. yeah, I mean, I can't be pissed at you because you're right. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. dude, the, 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 yeah, I know that feeling. Um, there's, so I've always said that the Razor 13 album, and thank you for saying such nice things about Razor 13, the, but like the album itself to me is not complete. And um, even though it took like three years to, to put together 10 songs which is just there's like 40 songs but 10 oh wow yeah. and um anyway long story short uh there was there's songs on there that my bass is not finished like it was not finished like i remember 100 went in said oh we're just gonna we'll plug you in direct we're just gonna play you direct we'll do this but we'll re we'll reamp you later because i wanted it i wanted them to mic it up mm -hmm. and this is what is this 2000 Eight, nine eight? when it came out it was 2009 or yeah or whatever but i think like 2008 or whatever i'm like all right yeah we'll, we'll put scratch tracks down and like a lot i don't know it's not a lot i don't remember but there's a couple of songs in there if you go in there and you listen to the bass like some of the songs with the bass you're like fuck yeah that sounds great and if you're sitting there and really listening to the bass on some of them it sounds like wet like a wet goose fart you know just, really? <laughs> like what the I don't fuck think is it this guy that bad. 
I never bad. heard of Wet Goose on Raise the Tortito, but Dude, I might bad. have to go back and take a second listen I'll, and see if I'll I can tell catch you what it. So- I'll tell you what song it is if I can remember. It might be Time to Cry. I don't know, but one of the, one of the songs that's just like it is. It's straight up me direct, and we did not. The plugins weren't that great back then. Oh, you know, like yeah. the stuff we didn't. We it was. Just, it's just me playing the bass direct. And I was like, why the fuck did this make this on the goddamn record? We said we were going to do this other stuff, but you know, that's me. That's me bitching because you're always going to bitch about your own stuff because you listen to it later and you're like, oh, we could have done this better. We could have done this better. We could have done this better. Or like, fuck Doug's vocals. I was just talking to, I think Rob, Rob Alexander about this. I, I have the original vocals to a live from, or maybe it was J-Rep, either way. I have the original vocals from Alive and the original vocals that did not make the record are, I mean, not, not only is Alive fantastic on, on the album, but like the original is so much bigger. It's really? So there's the choir of Doug and that I'm alive thing. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I can't sing. like he was, it was bigger. Big Mike's solo was different. It was so it was it was still unpolished and you can still tell it's a demo on the CD I have over here, but it's fucking fantastic. Why didn't they just utilize the that if it was so it was what happened what happened was this is early I'm I'm still calling it the early days of transferring files and stuff. So Doug in Poundhound Studios and Katie sent stuff to I guess Walrus Studios or whatever Paul Shirosky calls his studio in uh, Austin and they vanished. And Doug didn't have D- Doug didn't have them on his computer. Wow. They never made it to Paul's. I don't know, but they vanished. But somehow, I was mowing Doug's lawn the day he re- finished recording this. I'd mow his lawn for weed. It was awesome. <laughs> Be like, "Hey, come mow my lawn. I'll give you a bag." I'm like, "Sweet." Um, right. Deal. And um, he said, "Hey, come in here. I, I just finished doing this thing or whatever." So we rolled a joint sat down started smoking a joint he hit play on a live and i was like i'm a part of something you know like this is fucking fan- <laughs> this is fantastic because i didn't like the song was cool we'd had it for a while yeah and doug changed it the harmonies the things that he did he fucking made he made the music that was there better you know like yeah. it was it was okay it was a cool song he made he like like and now now and i think about it sorry i'm talking about myself so much but like when when i go back and listen to it i'm like even the one that's made the record i'm like i fucking love this song man it's such a cool it is it's it's, weird it's and i don't love stuff i do so this was cool well you know it's it's one thing when you start working on things that are with professionals and when you have work there's always no matter what project you work in it always seems like there's the like one or two guys that just non-professional or you know and sometimes and i hate to say it but sometimes you know when you're working on a project you have guys that either are really dedicated and they're limited on their you know just ability to, to perform sure or you know they have the guys that are really talented and they just you know have no desire right yeah (laughs) yeah it's just like a constant like battle um trying to get anything accomplished and 
yeah. um, I think so much. I look back at what I've done over the years, and it's like I, I just feel like I, I've wasted so many valuable years on on dumb things that I probably should have just walked away from originally. Um, but you know, working with like Scott and Rob um, and Thurber, and yeah. I mean there it's just a whole nother level of like professionalism when you can just hey this guy is really talented at playing drums or this guy's really good at harmonies and all that kind of stuff and i was talking to thurbert one day and this guy can make vocal harmonies and vocal hooks just like it's mind-blowing like what this guy does yeah it's, like, it's crazy it's just natural talent and we were talking about that one day and uh i can't i couldn't even do that and we were talking about it and he was like yeah i sat down years ago with dime and dime got on my ass about hooks in a song and he was like he used uh walk for an example i guess when he was kind of explaining this to him sure he was like so take walk. What do you hear? It's like dun 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 dun. dun. You know, yeah. It's the, it's simple, yeah. but it's it's hooky. It's catchy. Right. It catches yeah. your attention. He's like, that's the hook for that song. He's like, Thurber. He jumped with Thurber's because I guess when the early days of Pump Jack and his performance, he was kind of lacking on that that a little bit, okay. and so Dime really kind of showed him what he was talking about and to thurber's credit he took that information that that gift that dime gave him and he just all of these years has like built on it and built on it and built on it and i mean in my opinion i think i feel like he's perfected it nice, and yeah he i mean it's just like some of the stuff like i'll send him ideas like hey what do you think about this song i've been kind of dilly-dallying around with and and he'll come back with some vocal line over it that i was never even thinking about and it's just like what the f you know it's it's insane i mean i got hours of you know stuff that we've been working on over this last year sure that uh you know some of it will make it some of it and i'm not part of i'm not don't get me wrong i'm not part of pump jack i'm not a performer right. in that sure you know i just came on for one song as a guest but i'm at the acting producer for what they're doing at this point so right we're just constantly throwing ideas and trying to get them something completed to get out to the public Dude, you know at this so point cool. and it's really good stuff like the stuff we have it's just like we just need to finish so we can get it into post-production and right. start putting all the you know the cherries and all, all that good stuff. production stuff you know on it that you know but, my favorite uh, my my favorite part about any of that is the post you know that stuff adding shit at the end like okay here's the song this is done let's now let's do some shit like right razor 13 did a song uh it's not on an album uh actually i'm gonna say big mike did a song we we did it when we were recording the Razor 13 album, um, but it was it's Big Mike. I mean, Big Mike was the driving force behind sure. all of Razor 13. Dude, right. he's phenomenal. They came up with all the songs. We just added to his stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, uh, but he did the, a song called uh, Minister of Pain. 
and it was for a MMA fighter. I can't remember the dude's name. Okay. I guess his minister of pain. I guess whoever that guy was. Sure. But the song was cool. Uh, we had the lead singer Carbide, uh, and he came in and was did his screams and stuff. But in the very beginning, this is when I got like this is when I got the bug because I was able to sit in there afterwards, and I was like, Mike, okay, in the beginning of this, I, like you're you're hot, you're you're drive. I don't know how to say this properly. It, that the high the high end the drive i don't know like it was he was overdriven so much that if you went up and touched the strings past the uh oh. clo closer to the tuning knob that if you touched it it still picked it up right mm -hmm. so like if well whatever there's a guitar but it's way back there but so i was like this sounds this song sounds fucking evil so in the middle of this thing when you're doing when all these drums are happening and all this shit just go you know make it sound like yeah someone's fucking stabbing somebody and, uh -huh. and they and they did it and they added this part into it and i was like okay cool so now in this solo start doing the dive bomb thing that dime does and then he starts doing that and i was like oh my god okay wait now let's do this that's my favorite fucking part is you get your structure and then uh -huh. you come back and you're like okay how do we fucking nail this motherfucker you know that is so fun yep. dude i'm i'm jealous i wish i would I, I don't I don't think I'm good enough to be a producer, but I would love to fucking sit in and like just throw ideas at people and see what works because that is super fun, man. Like what a it cool is. job. It is. And I, I hope I get to do a lot more of it. And um, you know, but working with Thurber and Pump Jack, you know, it's like, wow, this is like, you know, really kind of just this is what I've been after all this it makes me feel like you know i don't do a lot of live performances and and i feel like i'm kind of moving past that as as that goes on in my life you know sure i do put out some you know some new stuff you know periodically and you know i'll be putting some more stuff out this year you know from the country to uh you know the uh the little bit more heavier metal actually i wrote this song it's called 2020 and I've, I haven't put it out yet, but, uh, it's like, I was just messing around with the, on the guitar and it was all clean and delays and just kind of sounded really big with the stereo nice. delay. Yeah. And I, I had this bend and I started with the bend and then I bent down and I went, oh, and I wrote a song around it because it just fueled <laughs> this like you know thing and so now the song starts out really clean i'm singing clean and then it it, it kind of like a like a stepping block type thing so it starts out yeah. really clean kind of eerie and then it gets a little bit more overdriven the vocals get a little bit more overdriven and then the chorus hits and it's just like you know i i, I start doing some i call it my lamb of god vocals but oh, it's, cool. it's nowhere close but you know it's sure. okay well, you know it's that yeah. style you know like yeah. that you know it's what you were going for right and then the you know and then it has this kind of weird break and scott played drums on it for me oh cool yeah we mic'd up rob's kit and uh you know that uh, he's got that beautiful uh pearl master custom uh yeah it's he a silver burst yeah I, I was and it I, have, sounds I, have photo, I have photos of it i was actually looking at them the other day man he's had it yeah forever. so when scott and them had the uh they were uh had the six past hell rehearsal studio 
um, I went over with my interface and stuff and I just mic'd it all up and Scott played drums on it. And That's he was so like, cool. yeah, and Scott's a great drummer. I mean, I know like he told, we were talking about that in uh, his interview. Like, well, we we're like the, you know, the, we're like the, like the uh, Abbott brothers or whatever. Like, yeah, he started yeah. out playing drums and ended up or whatever playing guitar or however that worked out to them but that's yeah. that's super cool like now i have i wanted to jump over to this be, before i forget because i'm super absent-minded especially today um okay so when you're micing up drums what are you taking over like to go mic up drums at somebody's random rehearsal studio what do you got what's your interface there um nothing fancy um currently i have several of them i've got a it, it just depends on what i feel like dragging around with me that day yeah. um, <laughs> um i have a, a soundcraft uh 22 channel board that you know okay. has enough things to mic up an entire drum kit but i i yeah finding right. myself i don't really use it that much i don't really like okay. it all that much it sounds good um but at the end of the day i don't really care for it as much as i do my behringer no, dude behringers are fucking phenomenal what happened <laughs> and what happened with behringer because like they mm -hmm. used to be shit in my opinion like back well they the put day. these midas preamps in them and um that's what honestly happened. i've got this this <laughs> behringer it's a what is called euphoria um it's an eight channel euphoria uh pre it's got midi you know input and output right. on the back of it okay. it's got all the ins and outs like all your high-end stuff yeah it does 196k you know if you wanted it to right i mean and it's got light pipe on the back so i've got two of them and i can just I, now i've got 16 tracks dude and i i've never i've never recorded drums where i needed more than 16 tracks okay so um, my but the reason I'm asking all this is because my buddy uh, Bert Gerber and yes Bert I put your last name out on the internet my bad um, the, maybe I'll mute that um, anyway he wants to do drum videos you know like when you go watch the drum videos on YouTube and everyone's just like covering songs and sure doing their thing he really wanted to do that and he's and he bought man I can't think of the name of what it was called but it had something like 16 tracks maybe 24 or not tracks but inputs on it and. I was like, oh, yeah, I, sure, I can help you out figuring this thing out. And I couldn't figure it out. But, uh, he, you know, he got Reaper and everything back then. And this is a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I have Reaper now. It's what I use for everything I'm doing. And now I've got, I understand Reaper a lot better yeah. now, nowadays than I did back then. Because back then I was, like, into Digital Performer 9. You know? <laughs> I, I don't even think I've ever heard of that one. Yeah, that's right. I mean, because I, I, that's what I, like, learned on and um in college uh it was it was very much trying to want to be pro pro tools but couldn't it wasn't anywhere yeah there. it was just shitty but um and i think it's changed its name and it's turned into something else now but anyway long story short he still wants bert still wants to do that stuff and he still has all he bought all the mics he bought all the cables he bought all mm -hmm. the stuff he's got all the crap but he's never been able to do it i haven't gone over there to help him lately but i was thinking like when you mentioned recording drums i was like ah and we can do this we can do this off recording but i'm like now i can pick somebody's brain about how yeah. to get him hooked up to do these videos 
I can do all the video crap for him and tell him tell him how to do it and get all the mm-hmm. audio stuff pretty much right. But actually, the the miking up of drums is not my forte. So it's it's so miking drums. There's I mean. I mean, there's multiple ways to do it, and it all depends on, you know, obviously what, how big your kid is, and you know, all that very, stuff. Very, 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 very large kit. It's really okay. smart. And those increasing, <laughs> the more, the bigger your drum kit, the increasingly more difficult it becomes. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't even like, I mean, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of double kick drums, um, especially in the recording process, because it's, it's really it really is i mean it's problematic i mean you can achieve the same thing with a double kick pedal and one drum that is going to be constant you'll get a constant sound um back when i used to perform with witness um i did the recording of and this was like my early 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 like i didn't know shit you know i'm just like watching youtube like oh i could do this and blah blah (laughs) you know and so, and my drummer, Corey Trunk, he's a, a phenomenal drummer and he's a great guy, but he had this kind of older Pearl kit and he probably still has it. It, it didn't sound bad at all, but yeah. he was a young kid and didn't have a lot of money to replace drum heads. And, you know, <laughs> so the ones he was using were just beat to hell. Just- dented as fuck there's like that yeah. one place that one time you hit it really hard and <laughs> right right so but so we tried so we mic'd up both his double kick pedal, or drums and i caught hell trying to and of course i mean now knowing what i know now i mean it would have been quite as bad yeah, you could have triggered them or whatever and so well you trying, and i are you talking about did like trigger it, so like was it just it sounded different because this mic over here was different and he had more pillows in this drum bay yeah they just no matter how much we tried it was it was hard to get a consistent sound between the two of them okay um because you're using two different mics and yeah then of course you got bleed from other stuff that's interfering and all that stuff but i always found that when you're recording drums the the one kick drum is all you need and it's yeah. it's going to make you sound better there's a reason why if you go in any pro recording studio like in nashville like blackbird or yeah. you know I, I mean when you go in their drum room and they've got their drum set up there's not a double kick it's just one, one kick yeah <laughs> and there's reasons for it okay um, that's interesting yeah so, Bert, i think Bert has like three i don't know I could I don't be wrong. You'd need three of them, but you know, cool. Yeah, he bought this setup, dude. Bert, love you, Bert. He bought this setup just because he loves drums, and this mm-hmm. dude was selling them, and he just bought this massive drum kit. And the guy didn't want to, he didn't want to sell it to someone who wasn't going to appreciate it. And Bert was going to appreciate it. And sure, he paid paid whatever he paid for it, and and got this massive thing. And I remember walking into his the studio he had, and I was like, where? where am I going to set up? You know, cause the fucking whole room was the drum set. <laughs> it was so fucking big. And I was like, Bert, this is the thing that like stage hands hate the most. Like if you ever go to a show, you're not bringing this, you're going to bring the other one, you know? Cause well, and I always like, big. 
Yeah. I mean, you go to a show and I, I, I've been to a couple of local clubs and stuff where, you know, I've seen the local drummer and he's, he's got like, I mean, more drums than Tommy Lee does on, <laughs> on the stage. And, and the, the sound guy is like sitting there scratching his head. Like, I, I uh, so I see like him put like a kick, uh, actual, you know, one of those sure beta, I don't know, forget, uh, 58s or not yeah. 58, uh, 59 or forget what they call it. It's a, a sure something mic. with a number. I know it's, it's right. the, fat, right. the fat one. It's the fat yeah. one that comes yeah. in the kit. I, yeah. I don't know what the name is. I know what is. you're talking but about. This is the one I use. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just don't know the name. Right. Anyways, you, you got that. And then they don't have another one on stage. So they, <laughs> of course, what does everybody have? They have got a 57. Of so course. they throw a 57 in there. <laughs> so now when you got your double kick, you got this big thud on this one. And so I was like, I try to tell people, you know, I was like, just take one kick. It's going to just save your world. You're going to get a lot better sound out of it. Nobody buy, cares. Nobody cares. Buy, if you yeah, got... just buy a double bass pedal and yeah. or if you need it. And dude, there's some stuff that King's X does that I'm like, man, dude, your double bass is great on that, Jerry. And he's like, that there's, I, it's, I only have one, you know, bass drum kick. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how the fuck are you doing that? You know, because it sounds like, but he's doing, and I was like, that's fucking sick as shit. I, of course, not a drummer. So I'm not either. I, I like, I cannot play. I'm the world's worst drummer. I like, it's embarrassing anytime I sit behind a kit. I can play uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls, just like the beginning. And then also, like, uh, what the fuck is that Slayer song? Uh, Rain of Blood. Rain Blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, that's it. That's, that's I know how I to do the, the, the little bell on corn. Uh, I'm blind. Yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. Dude. I can't get my feet and my hands to work, which is crazy because I mean, I, I I run a wall pedal all the time, but I just can't. Yeah. But it's different. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same at all, dude. Like having to do, you're doing different things with all your feet. Or yeah. not, all your feet all your limbs not just feet ryan come on yeah but all your different all timing your limbs, yeah you're all i don't understand i can't do that i'm I, white i've got <laughs> mad respect for drummers because like man. i just i don't even care if you're a bad drummer i tell everybody if they're like oh that drummer sucks and i was like well he's a lot better than probably you or i <laughs> that's true dude that's <laughs> and right. he's got some kind of talent so it's true it's very true dude all right i want to i'm going to wrap this up i don't want you to go anywhere i want to talk a little bit before you leave um but the only reason i want to wrap this up is because i like to keep it a little short and i want to have more to talk about next time because i'm i'm hoping you'll come back on uh another time where we can shoot the shit yeah. and talk some more yeah absolutely so awesome i'm not the most interesting guy so i mean yeah. there's guys are way more experienced and uh you know, uh, have a lot more better tour stories than I do. So, uh, <laughs> Dude, we didn't even talk about tour stories. I know. Right. It was more about aliens and aircraft. Aliens, aliens, aircraft, dude. And that's why this show is what it is, but it's mostly based around music. And we talked about the, the, you know, the studio and stuff. So next time we'll talk about some tour stories. Uh, 
Well, like most it. people don't realize that, you know, they see me on stage and they'll see me as Tommy Bones or whatever. And um, I think they just think I'm a mean guy or something. But <laughs> in reality, I'm just a nerd. <laughs> like, I'm a geek. Me too. Look at all my toys. <laughs> I know. I, I'm the, the nerdy math guy that probably teach a kid algebra or something if if i had that job <laughs> right that's fucking fantastic dude man it's been fucking great to see you brother like it's absolutely fantastic. man i hope we uh can continue to talk off of the show obviously and get absolutely back hope get we back can get together and have a couple drinks at some yeah, point have a beer you know? like uh, I think get out of that like, room come out a little bit and, i don't know you know man. just okay. have a you know there's another world out out there speaking of being a nerd can i bring my zelda shield with me yes you can and, and i will hide behind it and everything will be okay right <laughs> exactly <laughs> no you need to come out because uh i know scott and rob and all those guys are coming out and we, we typically get together at some point at least a couple times a year and you know jr and zach and yeah I miss you know the six best hill guys too. i learned you know I learned a lot from Zach, dude. I remember the last show I played, I think the last show he saw Razor, Thir Zach saw Razor 13 do. I totally ripped him off. I'm sure he ripped somebody else off doing it. Like maybe uh, Zach or, or different Zach. But anyway, like Zach would always hit the bait when he had an open E mm -hmm. or open C or whatever they were tuned to. He would fucking just hit it just hit that bass as hard as he could and it would ring out and i thought that yeah. was so and you had to do it in an exact certain place to make it sure. work live and i fucking totally stole that from that and that last show and i was it wasn't our it wasn't razor 13's last show but it was the last show i think zach saw i saw zach it was at the rock bar and i looked down and zach was standing right there and i was like oh fuck you i'm doing this bam and i hit it and it fucking rung out and i was like ah it worked so cool it works <laughs> <laughs> that's always that good when you can pull off little tricks or new tricks that you learn and stuff and it, and it works you know yeah it's fantastic so, man. yeah all right dude, oh, we're, gonna have you, we're gonna have you on again uh we're gonna end this but you and me are gonna hang out and talk maybe absolutely or something yeah. all right everybody thank you guys for coming to the 13 i'm your host ryan 13 this has been tommy bones and we'll yeah. see you again on the next one yeah. Peace. Peace. Peace.